Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about Lightshade Dispensary. And not only does Lightshade have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, they also have top-shelf flower, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and much more, including Escape Artist, which is the highest award topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios that are available in one-to-one and high-ratio CBD, which is 20-to-1. They've got you covered, and they'll always be using the best materials in ingredients to deliver the premium experience you can get escape artist over at the light shade dispensaries they have 10 premium dispensary locations and soon to be 11 in the denver metro area and aurora locations or you can visit them online at lightshade.com that's lightshade.com and of course use the code dnvr to get 25 percent off their non-sale items whether you're in store or online use the code dnvr over at lightshade or at one of their 10 soon to be 11 locations. All right, Mason Ryan, let's hop into the show. DNVR, we are coming to you live today from Studio C. The C stands for Can You Believe It? No Broncos in the Pro Bowl. We'll talk about it a little bit more here in just a second. But first, a shout out to our friends over at MSU Denver Online, the best place in working to for education, working a full time job. MSU Denver students twice as many hours as students attending any other college or institution. So it is the best place to go to work and get your education to hopefully get a better job on the other side of it. Uh, and uh, it's a great place to go uh, with professors who bring the real world into the classroom. So check out our friends, msudenver.eu slash online. My boys, what's up? Not only Raider week, but Christmas week. I mean, are you kidding me right now, guys? I had no idea that it was the 23rd. Um, Happy I was... Festivus, by the way, because it... yes. today is a holiday in a manner of speaking. It is. I was just going about my day thinking like, okay, so like got this day and then one more day and then Christmas Eve. Nope, that is that is totally wrong. 
I hope that doesn't mean uh, that you haven't done any shopping yet. Oh, you know, who, who's to say? Who's to really say? <laughs> you know, uh, I, w- I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't put it past you to uh, to be a, a, a December twenty fourth shopper. Yeah, are the stores open till about Christmas Eve? Oh yeah, like uh, the the malls. I think are open until about uh, six o'clock or so. But um, wow. gosh, I saw. I actually saw some place, and I can't. I don't know if it was a grocery store or something else that uh, was open until like 8 p.m. or 9 or 9 p.m. on Christmas Eve, which stunned me. Usually things kind of close up early on Christmas Eve, but uh, not the not, not this. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to see those people get to uh, go home a little earlier than that. Yeah. Seriously. And then, of course, there's like the 24 hour. Oh, I think I want to say it was uh, um, it was Target that for some reason was open kind of late on christmas eve and then of course you have the 24-hour walgreens and that is the spot of last resort in particular the 24-hour walgreens at colorado and mississippi because there you go that's the only like once you get past like the zero hour on christmas eve that's the only place where you can find anything that maybe somewhat resembles a gift maybe you can get some cologne or perfume or they have some toys if you've got a, 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 a small selection of toys. Uh, Sounds like you're an expert yeah. on this, Mace. I've had to do it once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, I've, still, you know, I've got a couple things left to get, but it's no big deal. I got the big stuff out of the way. Yeah. Um, also, you know, this is um, hopefully no one in my family is listening to this. Um, I feel like uh, since I'm the youngest, I can just get away with a lot more. Like no one, no one really expects anything of me. <laughs> it, it's true. It, it, it's a perfect place to be. You can get away with a lot more by giving a lot less. <laughs> See, yeah, I'm trying to step my game up in that regard. But, uh, but you know, if, if for some reason they were to know that I was, you know, finishing up the shopping on the 24th, I don't think anyone could really be mad at me. As long as you have it by the 24th evening or the 25th, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do the evening. Is that what you do, too? For press? We do it. We do it all. We do uh, 25th night, 25th morning, 25th afternoon, 25th night. I mean, we're we're. we're Wait, is this like you with a burrito bowl from Chipotle spreading it out across <laughs> the week? That's, I, that's it. What, what if I just brought up my own burrito bowl for uh, Christmas Eve and then it just lasted me all day the next day? Hey, you guys you might go. as well just do Hanukkah at this point and just well, do eight, you know, eight different days of presents. Well, it's a 12 days of Christmas, meal. right? I mean, there's you know, if you really want to kind of live up to the song, you can stretch you out for 12 days, which... Uh, you know, has its meaning religiously speaking, but I prefer the uh, the Bob and Doug McKenzie uh, Twelve Days of Christmas, where you've got Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's, New Year's Eve, Boxing Day, and then you got the Saturdays and Sundays around that, and then the three days, which are the mystery days of mm, Christmas. Mystery, mystery days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, speaking of gifts. A couple of Broncos, especially, uh, well, two in particular, were robbed of a gift in the eyes of many guys as no Denver Broncos were selected for the Pro Bowl. I'm frankly shocked. Now, it's funny because, you know, I was I was in a grumpy mood on Monday when we first <laughs> talked about this. And before the show, you guys are like, all right, we're going to talk about which Broncos deserve Pro Bowl nods. And I was like, no one. And then, you know, I, I, uh, I calmed down a little bit after that and, and you know, was talked into 
Uh, well, <clears throat> I, I realized that I was not thinking of Pat Sertan at the moment and was, was pretty passionate about that. And both of you guys were really passionate about Justin Simmons being in there. And honestly, the more that I've seen since that conversation, you guys were convincing. And then just all the different things, the stats and all the stuff that's been posted since then, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of on that train now too. So, you know, I guess, uh, Zach, I'll start with you. Just your reaction to the Broncos getting no Pro Bowl nods. Yeah, shocked. I mean, guys, this is the best team we've seen in Denver in, in five-ish years, and zero Pro Bowlers? And, and there's there were seven teams that didn't get a Pro Bowler. Every other team had four or fewer wins, except the Denver Broncos, who are 7-7. Are seven and seven. And guys, I think we were really fair about this when we talked about it earlier in the week. We didn't say the 7-7 seven and seven team should have four, five, six, seven Pro Bowlers. No, we said they should have two Pro Bowlers on one of the best defenses in the NFL. Now, we also threw out Javante, uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon's name, but said they probably shouldn't get it. And I think we were right about those guys. And what's funny enough, is Vic Fangio. Those are the four guys he mentioned. So we hit it spot on when talking about this, but shocked that Justin Simmons didn't make it and and really surprised that Pat Sertan didn't make it. But as as Mace mentioned earlier this week, that's exactly what happened with Champ Bailey, uh, his rookie season. He played like a pro bowler, was on the national stage, just didn't get it that year, and then got it, what, 12 of the next 13 years? I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if we see that exact same path for Pat Sertan. Yeah, and of course, you've got them both being first alternates. So the chances are, if there is a Pro Bowl to be played, and I think uh, with Omicron you know, spreading right now, I think we may not be talking about a Pro Bowl being played because it's basically, basically an irrelevant game. But if there is a Pro Bowl to be played, there's a very good chance that at least one of those safeties and one of those corners is going to opt out of the game which would set it up nicely for both Simmons and Sertan to get what they deserve, which is being in the Pro Bowl. And you know what? Champ Bailey, he had a Pro Bowl where he was an alternate. It was uh, January, February of 2011, or January 2011, pardon me, after the 2010 season. And if you make the Pro Bowl as an alternate, but you, you, you move on up historically, there's, there, there's no asterisks by it. You're still a Pro Bowler. Yep. Here's, here's the – so – you can make the case that in the second half of the season, the Denver Broncos have had the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and you can make a really compelling case. Here is the craziest stat I've seen about this. I don't know if you guys saw this today. This came out from Warren Sharp. Since week eight, offenses are averaging 16.6 points per game against the Broncos. That's very impressive. Not as impressive as what I'm about to tell you after that. In the very next game after those games, the same offenses that the Broncos are holding to 16.6 points per game are averaging 38.5 points per game. A 22-point difference between what they're doing against the Broncos and then the very next week after that. Uh, and, and so because of that, that's why I think, man, the best defense in football over the last over in the second half of the season has to have a representative at the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. And that's just a mind blowing stat. And that's not only credit to Vic Fangio, but it's also a credit to these players because why would a, the, the team the next week not try to take Vic Fangio's defensive approach against those guys? Well, the reason will be is because they don't have the Jimmies and Joes in, or, in order to do that. And so that that's a big credit to, to the Broncos guys. And guys, this brings us to the conversation of 
isn't this another selling point for George Payton to keep Vic Fangio? Look, I mean, Vic Fangio, we knew that it took, and when they hired Vic Fangio, we talked about how uh, it takes really three years for his defense to get elite. That's what happened in San Francisco. That's what happened in Chicago. That's what's happening right now. This defense in the third year is elite, especially these final eight games. And boy, if you want a really good defense in this division, it's clear Vic Fangio is your guy. And then on top of that, not only that stat you just mentioned, Ryan, but also he's doing this without any pro bowlers, huh? Seven and seven? What, 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 what's this about? Do we need to be giving more credit to the coaching staff on both sides of the ball? Uh, I, I, think, saw, I saw uh, Mike Kliss make this point last <laughs> night, and I, I had to grab my eyes off the ground as they almost rolled away. Um, that, no, that, those two things have no correlation. Um, people not being smart enough to, to vote – you know, pass their tan into the Pro Bowl does not give Vic Fangio extra credit. I yeah. think, I think though, what uh, obviously Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons should have been Pro Bowlers. But guys, when we had this conversation earlier this week, we talked about how those two should be Pro Bowlers, and then we said. Melvin and Javante probably should be pro bowlers if if they were bell cows. If they weren't on the same team, they would each be pro bowlers. We didn't say anyone else. And uh, we, we, it's not like we're saying that there should have been seven snubs here. Well, I think also, I mean, you can argue Draymond Jones is having a Pro Bowl-worthy season in terms of pressures, but uh, there's uh, there's always something that works against three, four defensive ends, and that is that compared to four, three edges, they're not going to get as many sacks, and that's something that kind of, that kind of uh, you lean on as well. Another thing on this defense, I mean, it, it's just kind of – what metric do you use? There's the stuff from sharp football stats, but also football outsiders and DVOA has the Broncos 21st. And that in that does factor in the situations faced as well as the quality of the opponents. So, I mean, you've got some data that says this defense is all world. There's some data that says this defense is not, is not as great as it might appear on the surface. And here's what I wanted to say is, I could care less about the Pro Bowl. It is so irrelevant. But, but, if we're going to continue to use it as a negotiating tactic, as a, something that triggers escalators in contracts, as something that is important to these players and the amount of money that they make, then we got to do a better job uh, and come up with a better so- solution for how we're going to pick this. You know, um, I have no doubts that Pat Sertan will um, get his Pro Bowl bid before he, you know, his fifth-year option is up. But that's another thing, is if you make a Pro Bowl before that fifth-year option, you get a little escalator in that contract. So there's little things like that that I'm like, okay. It's kind of like how I feel about the Hall of Fame. Like, I'm not I, – I, I want to not care about the Hall of Fame, but then the players care about it. And, you know, they feel like it's really important to their legacy. And I'm like, all right, well, now I have to care about it because, you know, Previously, I'm like, I can't stand the fact that Steve Atwater, it, you know, feels like that's the missing piece of his legacy. You know what I mean? Um, it's, this is a little different than that, but it's like, man, so like these guys are going to miss out on money because, you know, people think that Bradley Chubb is having a better season than, you know, uh, some, any of these other guys. It's just, I don't know, shocking. 
Yeah, and Ed Donatel said it said it today. He said uh, to expect Justin Simmons to be in the All Pro mix, and the All Pro mix is really the more important. It's it's yep. the more validating one. It's the one that has uh, a lot more impact, and it also means that it's more legitimate, and, and it means you're better. And so that's honestly, we should if we want to keep doing the Pro Bowl, it should just be fan thing, and then like the, we should never focus uh, on Pro Bowls when we're talking about Hall of Fame when we're talking about someone career and just focus it all to that all pro because that's really the only thing that makes sense guys i put this out on twitter last night bradley chubb uh third alternate to the pro bowl i mean there's a chance that he could make the pro bowl in a in a year where he played five games zero sacks has not been a, a big part of this defense at all maybe one game maybe last week he had the biggest impact on defense and the fact that he got credit for, for and is getting some involvement in the pro bowl just shows you how broken the system is yeah and you know, one thing I do want to point out here is that fans do have a big part in this. Um, and I think this, a little bit of this has to do with Broncos fan fatigue uh, in terms of this team just consistently underachieving and not being exciting. You know, we talk about how they're bad and boring. And bad and boring is the worst combination you could be in sports. Um, and maybe you make the case that they're average and boring this year. And I, I will, I'll listen to that. But for over the... On the whole, for the last five years, they've been bad and boring. And I think what that's done has had a long-term effect on the fan base of, like, not being as excited for stuff like this. Uh, and I don't necessarily blame the fans, but, you know, these, the fans are who's upset about this, and the fans do have a role in it. So I'm not saying, oh, it's your fault. But I understand why people are less excited about going out there and, you know, um, campaigning for their guys to make the Pro Bowl. I remember – you know, even 2016, like this time of year, or a little bit before this time of year, my my timeline would just be full of people vote for, you know, so-and-so for the Pro Bowl, vote for so-and-so for the Pro Bowl. I didn't see any of it this year. None. The one thing I see is the, you know, the Justin Simmons, Walter Payton, man of the year stuff. Um, but I, I didn't see anyone pushing for Pro Bowl votes on Twitter this year. Well, I think that when you're struggling as a team, if you spend a lot of time kind of plugging Pro Bowl, Pro, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. It's one of those things that uh, maybe it it doesn't look good on the surface, right? Okay, like, hey, we're fo it's focused on this individual honor. Uh, ignore the uh, the barn that's burning over there, but we're going to focus on the, the individual thing that really – doesn't it doesn't matter nearly as much and i think so there's kind of a there's kind of a pr aspect to it that if you push too hard to promote your guys for the pro bowl it send as a team as an organization it sends the message that maybe you're not focused or are otherwise inattentive to further the crises that are affecting the team's form which i mean i think that, that you can debate whether that's valid or not but that's just it's kind of a perception thing well, I mean, why were the Broncos the only team with a, more than four wins that didn't have a Pro Bowler? I mean, it, it, that, that that's and to me, I think it just goes back to how irrelevant the team has been. Uh, one. Uh, to start the season, they had one primetime game, and it was a primetime game that everyone had to have the Thursday night primetime game. That right there is telling you. The country doesn't care about the Broncos. And then this, they're seven and seven. They're they're okay. They're a, they're an average team, but they haven't been relevant at 
all for years. Justin Simmons, yes, he finally got his credit with an All-Pro and a Pro Bowl. Uh, Garrett Bowles also got his credit last year, but those aren't household names in the NFL right now, you know? In, in order for it to be a safety, who do, who do you think of when you think of safety's names? You think of Jamal Adams. Why? Because he's been in New York, because he's had all this drama surrounding him. Uh, you just don't think of safeties like that, and Justin Simmons, unfortunately, falls in the category of pretty much every other safety, and he was the guy that was going to get the Pro Bowl nod for the Broncos, and it just shows you when you've been irrelevant, you're not just going to get those nods. Speaking of irrelevant, um, you know who did make the Pro Bowl? Who? Jamar Chase. You know what Jamar Chase did <laughs> in 10 coverage snaps against Pat Sertan uh, this last week? Nothing. Bupkis. Not zero catches. This is more important than that. Zero targets. Joe Burrow looked over there, saw Pat Sertan and Jamar Chase, and said, I'm going elsewhere. Sorry, Jamar, you're done. That's all I need to know. Uh, if if he's a pro bowler and he can't even get a sniff when when Pat Sertan is on him, Pat Sertan should be a pro bowler. Yeah, and, and that's just what Pat Sertan has been all year. And when quarterbacks have tried to throw in his way, he's picked him off. And we saw that with Justin Herbert, who's having a heck of a season as well. Was Justin Herbert a pro bowler this year? Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. So boom, yeah, there you go. Is. When yeah, Justin Her Herbert threw Pat Sertan's way, it turned into two picks, including a pick six. Yep, Herbert, uh, Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. Were the quarterbacks all three on the Broncos' schedule this year? Um, Man, and, and to, to, was, to was, be fair, the the yeah. only argument, well, well, Mace, I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, the other thing is also, I mean, was uh, Joe Burrow with the first alternate when he was he pretty far up too? I mean, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I mean, that's it, it's just they. Hey, Sertan has done well against some really good quarterbacks. I mean, really, kind of. Uh, if you look back, the worst moment for Pat Sertan was probably in the first game. Yeah, when he got beat. It, Yep, exactly. And and what I was going to say was if anyone tries to make an argument against Justin Simmons making the Pro Bowl, it would be the first four or five weeks of the season where Justin pretty much admitted every single week we're, we're having communication issues. And he said we. He didn't put it on the new guys or anything. And it was clear that, that he was also involved in those communication issues. And the Broncos did get torched. And the last time the Broncos got torched was against the Raiders, which may make this week a little interesting. Derek Carr threw for over 340 yards on the Broncos. The secondary was getting torched. So if if someone wants to make the case against Justin making the Pro Bowl, that's that's a fair argument right there. But that was only like a quarter of the season. I think Justin rebounded and the secondary rebounded extremely well. But to put this on Pat Sertan, I don't think Pat Sertan got, just like you said, Mace got beat on that one play against yeah. the Giants. Outside of that, it's not like he had four or five bad games. He's been great. And that's that's honestly why I think Pat Sertan uh, deserved it even more. And yep. the thing is, great players have a bad game, right? Mahomes oh, has had, Mahomes, Yeah, Mahomes has had multiple bad games this year. Justin Herbert had a bad had a bad game throwing at Pat Sertan. I mean, that's that's and that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like I do feel like Justin Simmons was, even though it wasn't a national TV game, I do feel like Justin Simmons was kind of hurt a little bit by one bad game. And I and I know that there are people in on the in the social media sphere who say, well, he hasn't had that good of a season. Okay, what he you know he had a bad game. He's played lights out since then. I mean, I just that's why it's always important to kind of separate the feelings of a bad moment or a really good moment, get the broader sample size, trust that. And that says that Justin Simmons should have been in the Pro Bowl.
Uh, last thing I want to say here about that crazy stat I read earlier about the Broncos defense since week eight. This was pointed out by uh, AJ Schulte on Twitter. You know what changed in week eight for the Broncos? Bond um, out of the lineup. Baron Browning. Baron Browning became a full-time starter in week eight. And Vaughn uh, was right around there as well. Um, so Yeah, Va- Vaughn was inactive for the Washington game. Right. So playing playing without Vaughn started in that game as well. That it's crazy, Browning but and, it truly yeah. was addition by subtraction with Vaughn. And I'm not putting that as a negative against Vaughn. You just can't look at the numbers and say it otherwise. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, it's it's more fun to just give more credit to Baron Browning. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's where, where I'll go. But I do think, you know, it, it. I said it then, you know, there's a chance that it just kind of forces everyone else to stop looking over at Vaughn on third down and saying, hey, maybe Vaughn makes a play for us here. You know, everyone feels like they got to go do it themselves. And that's the way it should be. Um, but Baron Browning, man, another, another feather in the cap for George Payton. Just, they just keep adding up. They just keep adding up. Yep. All right. Uh, before we move on, I uh, want to let you guys know about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the absolute best damn good beers over at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, and what better time than now to go get yourself that Christmas uh, Christmas ale mini keg. Uh, you're going to be heading up to you know your family's house or wherever you're, wherever you're going. Bring over a little mini keg of that Christmas ale. It's delicious. And it will be a hit. I mean, it's the branding on there is beautiful. Prop it up, you know, in the kitchen and uh, and create your own little water cooler at the family Christmas. So uh, go, go get yourself some Christmas ale. Enjoy some damn good beers from Breckenridge Brewery. And you got to swing by the DNVR bar. Uh, now is the time where we've got pretty much all three sports going. You got to come by for a Nuggets watch party, Avs watch party, and of course, a Broncos watch party. We're going to have a great one when the Broncos are still in the playoff mix against the Chargers in, uh, what, nine days from now? The DNVR bar, we've got that happy hour every single day and guys also join our family so that you can leave comments that will be read on this pod go to the dnvr.com and subscribe to join our family you'll get a free dnvr shirt when you do some of my friends just did from out of state they got their shirts all ready by christmas time it's a great gift to give someone too if you want to give them a shirt or if you want to give them a membership make sure to do that join us at the dnvr.com of course i mean get yourself a membership if you haven't gotten one just because christmas has passed doesn't mean you can't treat yourself with a dnvr membership and you can also treat yourself and treat your pubes treat your balls with something from manscapes he's that keeps using pubes and i feel like i gotta match him by getting my pubic game up in terms of the words i use so look okay. it's too late to make a manscaped order for christmas because we're sitting here on festivus but it's not too late to get what you want for the new year it's the gift that keeps on giving anything from manscaped of course we tell you about that performance package and it's got the lawnmower 4.0 which will take down every pube in its path you don't want to have your pubes getting in the way of making 2022 much better than 2021 and that's why you should get take advantage of the performance package and get that lawnmower 4.0 get the crop reviver. Uh, get you get that ball deodorant that will take that will make sure you're smelling good uh, down below. And there's more than that. You can even get cologne from Manscaped. 
you can smell like a million bucks with Manscaped's refined cologne. And it's got that same signature scent. It makes your undercarriage smell good. It can also, that scent can make your face smell good. It'll really attract anyone to you when you use that Manscaped refined cologne. And guess what? The best part of it is you can get a sale. You're going to see days out, day after Christmas sales all over the place. Well, you don't need a day after Christmas sale to take advantage of the discounts from Manscaped. All you need is the code DNVR to get 20% off and plus free shipping at manscaped.com. So check out everything at Manscaped. Hey, maybe you want some body wash. They've got ultra premium body wash. I'm using the Manscaped body wash on a daily basis. I think I've never smelled better. I don't know if Zach and RK agree, but that's just how I feel. That's how good the body wash is. So check out everything at manscaped.com. If you didn't get what you want for Christmas, take advantage of the DN, the code DNVR to get 20% off what you really want and have yourself groomed well and smelling good going into 2022. Manscaped.com. Remember the code DNVR for 20% off and free shipping. I pulled this up when you were talking about the bar because I uh, ran into our guy Jason yesterday mm-hmm. at the DNVR bar. Always great meeting people down there. We had a, the uh, little ugly sweater party going on. Um, Jason didn't wear his, but I wore mine, uh, and it was a good time down there at the NVR bar. So uh, shout out to Jason for coming all the way from Virginia, uh, or as May says, Virginia. Virginia. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends to, what to part of the state the from. Bar. What part of uh, Virginia is Jason from? Uh, Northern, I believe. Then they say Virginia. Yeah, you, uh, you got you got to get down to uh, you got to get down to Richmond, and you got to get up in the hills before you start getting any kind of real accent kicking in. There you go. All right. Uh, It's time for us to go on the record here, boys, with some Broncos predictions and more. But let's start with this Raiders game. I have to say, just a few hours ago, my feelings on this game changed. Yep, me as well, guys. And, of course, for me, it was – Last week, before the Broncos even played their game, I really liked the Broncos to beat Raiders, regardless of what happened in the Bengals game. But then Drew Locke came in the game, and we knew Teddy was going to be out. So that, I didn't like that. But as this week went on, I started to like it more because, guys, there's no doubt in my mind this Denver Broncos team is much better than the the Las Vegas Raiders team. But the Raiders have the quarterback, right? And that's kind of what I always fall back on. But I was kind of liking, okay, Drew's only going to throw the ball 20 times. Broncos are going to run 40 times. And then we find out that Lloyd Cushenberry is most likely out of this game. And, I mean, we learned it last year, guys. A a new young center with a new young quarterback is not a good combination. It's either going to be Austin Schlotman or it's going to be Quinn Minerts at center. That scares me too much. I, I just, I, I can't do it, guys. I mean, this whole offense is going to be led by two new guys from the center position and the quarterback. I, I, I can't do it. Even though the Broncos are the better team, I think they struggle too much. I think this Broncos defense shuts down the Raiders offense, but I just, I can't put my faith in this offense right now. I'm going to go with a, a slugfest. It's going to be... 19 to 16 Raiders. Oh, oh man. Tough. Tough. Wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mace, you want to go next or me? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go ahead. Um, there are obviously if Cushenberry can't play, that's, it's a profound impact on, uh, on the offensive line as well. But, um, you know, it's, I think we'll see Austin Schlotman in all likelihood. It's, uh, there's also the possibility 
that might, like Zach said, Miners goes in and Natani Muti plays at guard. But I don't think that's going to affect the ability of the Broncos' offensive line to generate some power, especially when they run the ball. And yeah, maybe I'm trusting Pat Shermer too much, but I think he's going to understand that you got to run and keep running. The Raiders' offense, we've talked about what they are without Henry Ruggs, but they've also been without Darren Waller. They might be without him on Sunday. He hadn't played the last few weeks. And you take Ruggs out, you take Waller out, this is not an explosive attack. The Broncos should be able to contain it, which means that you can keep emphasizing the run. I really hope the play calling looks very similar to what we're seeing with the Colts, with Jonathan Taylor and uh, Carson Wentz only passing the ball 12 times. The best part for the Broncos is they have two guys who can carry the freight. I want Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams each to touch the ball 20 times in this game. I think that's possible. That's a possibility. If the Broncos do that and they contain this relatively punchless Raiders offense, I think it's a comfortable win for the Broncos. Denver 27, Las Vegas 13. Ooh, love it. I love that, Mace. Um, Zach uh, picked the Raiders and then we just ejected him off the podcast. Like, uh, <laughs> is it Will Farrell in Austin Powers who keeps getting sent down? The, yeah. Uh, yes. Send him right he, down he into keeps the asking dungeon. you shot me in the leg <laughs> yeah. why would you do that <laughs> yeah, so good um anyways um all right so all week what have i been saying guys weird things happen to the broncos in holiday games um and i i can't i have such a hard time shaking that feeling but I randomly last night remembered something that I said on the podcast weeks ago. It was actually during the bye week. And I was predicting the rest of the schedule. And I said, look, I, I, know, I already know what's going to happen with this team. They're going to beat the Chargers. Everyone's going to get excited. Then they're going to lose to the Chiefs. Then they're going to beat the Lions. And everyone's going to get excited. And then they're going to lose to the Bengals. And then they're going to beat the Raiders. And then they're going to lose to the Chargers. And it's 4-0 so far. Um, so I have to stick with that. I, you know, I said it back then. I got to roll with it. Um, I think that they're going to be, it's interesting here. I think that there's a chance that we see them actually scheme towards Drew. I know that that sounds crazy to most people listening, but <clears throat> I'm actually going to be confident that they come out in two tight end sets, uh, avoid three wide for the most part, get under center, run the ball. Like you said, 40 times. Um, and I think there's a possibility that all of that comes together for the Broncos. Like I said, I've been seeing this script play out in my head, and this is part of the script. The Broncos have one last chance to keep everyone, to, to pull everyone back in one more time and then let them down again. Uh, and that starts, of course, with a win this week. Broncos beat the Raiders 20-17. to 20-17. Last second field goal by Brandon McManus, perhaps. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, last second field goals have worked against the Raiders this year. I mean, that's one of the they they'd be in a playoff spot right now if Washington had not hit a last second field goal a few weeks back. So, you know, the Raiders have had some. You know, they they they've been on both sides of kind of the uh, the heart stopping end. And uh, hey, it'd be a lot of fun if it went down to the wire like that as well. But um, I just the thing I can't get past is that um the elements of the Raiders offense that made them really difficult to deal with for the Broncos in recent years, you take out rugs and you take out Darren Waller and 
I think it's not that Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards aren't going to make plays. I just don't think they're going to make enough of them against this secondary and this defense uh, for the Broncos to have to be in chase mode in this game. Do you guys think uh, Hunter Renfro is a super slot uh, and in the category of the Brandon Stokelys and the Wes Welkers and the Julian Edelmans of the world, like Vic Fangio said yesterday? Yes. He's getting there. Yes, he is. He's, yep, I do yeah. feel uh, Although, wouldn't we put Cooper Cup in that, uh, who arguably has a case to be the best ever? Wouldn't he be? I just feel like he may be even in a different tier because yeah. he may be even like more than that, more more of an outside receiver too. But I mean, absolutely. If if you're including him in the, in this conversation, then absolutely. Well, and Akeem Talib yesterday on Good Morning Football said Cooper Cup's bigger than him, which just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, you know they were that teammates, and he's like, yeah, Cooper Cup's he- taller than me and heavier than me. Wow, um, that Cooper Cup is so freaking good. Why and, do you think guys, there's that I mean, perception that he's small? That's an interesting uh, thing. Because he's white and plays in the slot. And yeah. most of those guys are small. Hunter Renfro's <laughs> small. Braxton Berrios is small. Take a uh, Wes Wilker was small. I know. I, Didn't... I just don't get the perception. I mean, if people actually look at Cooper Cup, they wouldn't think that way about him. So you're not just, looking at him, Ryan, or what? What's your I, deal? I, I just think that it, it, you just see that guy there. And you just imagine, oh, he's quick, so he must be small. <laughs> uh, what uh oh, i don't i don't remember what uh what i was going to say oh didn't we know hunter renfro was going to be good i mean didn't everyone know he was going to be good yet somehow he said i'm not saying he necessarily a first round pick but didn't he go in the fourth round but everyone was like this guy can play football he's gonna be good i want to say it was the fifth round maybe but the thing that kept coming up is that okay he's not his his time speed isn't great his timed quickness numbers were just okay, and he had small hands. Like everything measurable in terms of combine pre-draft said this guy's not going to hold up. But then, okay, just watch the film and then look at what he's producing on a game-by-game basis. You know, despite all this, Hunter Renfro kept getting open at Clemson and then got down to the Senior Bowl, and he kept getting open. I mean, at well, that one thing, the, the, at that point, the the time, the time speed, the time quickness numbers, they they have to be secondary to what the guy's actually putting out there on the field. One thing that we don't think about nearly enough when we're evaluating these guys, we it's just natural for everyone to think of the NFL as a man-to-man league. Can Hunter Renfro run faster than Chris Harris or whoever it may be? And like the answer is no, he can't. But there's so much zone being played in the NFL that if you just know where to go, uh, you're going to be able to get open several times. And he actually can win in man coverage. Mm-hmm. It's not he's he can only be used in zone because he's crafty. But you know he wins. Oh, there's another word. He, it's true. It's true. <laughs> he does use Jim. his craft to get himself open. But uh, you know he's so smart, and that's something that Cooper Cup has as well. Like it, Cooper Cup's basically just a wide receiver running or a quarterback running down the field knowing exactly where the holes are in the defense. Um, you heard him break down that touchdown that he had, whatever it was, a few weeks ago, and he's like, oh, man, he sounds like a quarterback. Um, but, yeah, you know, Hunter Renfro, for me, the biggest miss there was from the Texans. I yeah. absolutely would have paired up Deshaun Watson and Hunter Renfro. Like, that was just like a non – because they were the same year, didn't they? They came out after winning. I believe they were a year apart, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so he was before Deshaun? I think he was after. Oh, okay. Well, if he was after, then yeah, they should have. I think he because Deshaun was 2017, right? 
Yes. I thought Hunter Renfro was uh, was 18. He played another year without Deshaun. Man, I don't remember that, but it's possible. Um, yeah, with um, God, uh, uh, Kelly Bryant. Oh, Kelly Bryant. Yeah. And, yeah. Enough, yeah. enough Hunter Renfro talk. And this actually, is yeah, disgusting, actually, guys. I think he, I think he got one year with Trevor Lawrence too. Oh my God! Or maybe it was the year that he got. So both. it was two years. It was two years apart. Two. Okay. All right. Well, either way, I still think the Texans should have brought him in. They should. Um, yes. Absolutely. Uh, what got us there? What are we? Why did we start talking about how? Oh, you! It you was guys just couldn't stop talking about Hunter Hunter Renfro. I stopped talking about him because the Broncos have Bryce Callahan. He's just going to smother him this week. I'm not worried about the Broncos' defense. They're going to do very well against the Raiders. But guys, I hope I'm wrong about the offense. I hope the offense is able to put up 20 points and beat this because then the Broncos will still be in the playoff mix. I don't want to be talking about an irrelevant team the next two games. Real quick, I just want to address uh, a comment here. After I said they're not going to go three wide, which will help Drew, uh, Cole came in and said, no, hell no, actually go three wide. That's what Locke's play style is. Why would they be dumb and not use them correctly? Uh, I think that's a um, uh, a misnomer that's come from the fact that he came out of a spread offense in college. Um, but m- most of his success in the NFL has come from uh, play action, mm-hmm. uh, under center actually, pistol, that sort of stuff. Um, and Drew, Drew's at his worst when he's pressured. Now, most quarterbacks are, but he really falls off heavily when he gets pressured. When you go three wide, you expose yourself to more pressure. Um, you know, there's a, there's an old saying, don't call what you can't protect. Yeah, uh, Pat Shermer just never heard that saying um, because he loves to call plays that they can't protect. And there's another thing as well. The thing that the if you get him under center and you do the play fake boot action – First of all, I'd like to see Eric Salbert in the backfield as a fullback replacing Andrew Beck because it does work well out of the, with the I formation. Second of all, you run play fake boot action, and Drew Locke is only looking at one side of the one one half of the field. He's going to have guys at two or three levels downfield to choose from, but it narrows his field of vision, and that's something that he's done very that he's flourished in. Whereas when he just goes in the shotgun three wide, the field of vision is sideline to sideline. That's an area in which he struggled. Yes, he's going to have to grow in that area to blossom long-term as a quarterback, but I don't think that can be your focus for this game. It's not about getting about Drew Locke developing and taking more steps forward. It's about catering to what he does best right now to help the team. Even though that skill set may not be all that you want it to be, just make sure you're focused on what he does best. And he and he does better when he's kind of got half the field to work with and is focused on that. So I really want to see plenty of that in this game, guys. Okay, right, guys. I, I, I want to uh I want to get your Drew Locke stat prediction. Seems like you guys are both going like 39 of 40, 410 <laughs> yards, couple touchdowns, no picks. So uh is that what you're going with? Give me uh 14 of 21 for uh, 183 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Wow. The zero INTs is the most impressive thing to me on that. If he does that, I think the Broncos win. Mace, where are you going? Very similar. 12 of 19, 163, one touchdown, no picks, and also no lost fumbles. So Drew, I think, has his third clean game turnover wise in his career i don't know so. where you guys are getting this confidence from but i've chatted 
I guess the fact that you have yeah. no turnovers for Drew Locke just goes. I mean, that that's that you're pretty much saying the Broncos are down at halftime, yet they're going to come back and win this game. I mean, Fangio one in twenty-two in his career. Pretty much the exact same odds of saying that Drew Locke's not going to have a turnover. But I think and you both are 19, taking that. Right? Yeah, two and nineteen in games, not having any turnovers. Is that yeah, correct, Mace? yeah, it's only two games that he hasn't had a turnover, and I just, I don't know. I probably am putting too much faith in Pat Shermer here, but I really think the chips are down. This is going to be a what do we do best game plan here, and it's going to be run, it's going to be play action, Drew under center, catering to his skill set. I think catering to the skill set of the entire offense, starting with the offensive line, which wants to get some get some push and 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 get some momentum, and that means running the ball heavily. I and I again, if the Colts can do it, why can't the Broncos do this? Well, the reason is because I mean they have the one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. The Broncos are going to be with a backup center. They're going to be with Garrett Holds as he is right now. They're going to be probably with a new starting right guard because I think they'll probably put Minerts over at center. Uh, and so that's why they're not going to be able to truly do it on the offensive line. And guys, I just I love the confidence. I can't do it. I'm going 18 of 32. 218 yards, so that's more. That's more than both of you. One touchdown, one interception, and one fumble. So I've got two turnovers, and that's why this offense is only putting up 13 points. If if that's the stat line, Zach, your your prediction on the the loss will be correct. If that's the stat line, they'll lose. Definitely. Hope I'm wrong. First of all, they can't can't be throwing the ball over 30 times uh, this week. There's just – that is not – not a winning formula, but well, you know, you know, Ryan. Boy. Let let me just let me tell you how NFL offensive coordinators work. You get <laughs> down, and then you throw the ball. You abandon yeah. the run. That's why it's going to be thirty-two. Pat passes. Shermer actually has gotten a little better about this. You know, he he listens to the media, um, and so it's true. When the media says, "Hey, you're abandoning the run too early," he says, "Oh, my bad, guys," and then he doesn't do it anymore. Um, <laughs> when the media says. Uh, hey, you're not getting the ball to Cortland Sutton enough. He's like, oh, okay. Hey, uh, Cortland, you and Jerry switch positions this week. Um, so you can get all of Jerry's targets, even though those routes aren't really designed for you. Um, and Jerry, sorry, bud, you're not going to get anything this week because the media wants the ball to go to Cortland Sutton. So he has gotten a little better about uh, about uh, running the ball ever since the media complained about it. He has, really has. And guys, my final thing, because uh, again, I wanted to buy this team this week. Uh, Daniel says Zach is super pessimistic on lock. I also saw something that I just can't get out of my head. We know PFF is a tool. It's not everything. You don't base everything off everything that PFF says. But did you guys see where Drew Lock ranks in quarterbacks? Uh, oh, in, out of like 55 or something? Out of 52 quarterbacks. 52. He ranks 52nd, and uh, and the the tweet I saw talking about this said he's even pretty far off from the 51st best quarterback. Yeah, and it was it was what at least 40. I think so. Yeah, 40 snaps yep. under center this year. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, yeah. I just I think that they lean enough on the. I think that they lean enough on the running game, and the running game works enough. Uh, I'm not really putting this on Drew and. And what they're asking of Drew is, you know, um, hit that little throw to Salbert on a bootleg. And 
um, hit Jerry Judy going on that over route, um, you know, that's wide open because you sucked in the, um, the linebackers, like all that stuff. I feel like his job is going to be fairly easy. Now I going to be surprised if there's a turnover or if they go down early and they start chucking that thing around or if Pat Shermer isn't smart enough to get out of three wide, um, even with a banged up offensive line. No, I will not be surprised, but it's the holiday season. I'm choosing to to believe <laughs> uh, in a Christmas miracle. By the way, you want Drew Locke's ESPN QBRs as well. It sort of is in line with the PFF ranking. 4.4. 4. 20? 4.4. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4.4. You guys want to change your so stat small. predictions or anything? The sample size is so small that I, I know. But it's also on the heels of him, you know, being one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Yeah, it's there's he's got a lot of work to do on Sunday to get these uh to get these numbers at least normalized for him over the course of the season. And uh yeah, but I do look, I I do think part and part of my prediction here is I don't have any confidence in this Raiders offense right now. And because of that, I just don't think this game's gonna get away from the Broncos. And so I think it'll stay it'll stay close and that will compel Pat Shermer to continue running the ball. Heavy doses of Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams play action play action looks with Drew. I I mean, I hope look, I hope I'm right. I really do. Because if I'm wrong, then then Pat Shermer would have lost the plot in this. This is yeah. a game that Broncos have no excuse to lose. And yeah, I think they, they, honestly I was going to say, I think, honestly, the defense is going to continue to look really good. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the season, we're going to say, oh, my gosh, the Broncos squandered having the, the best defense in the NFL. It yeah. got them nothing. Yeah. And, and this Raiders team is really, really bad, guys. Really bad. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if I was wrong and the Broncos won. All right. Uh, well, we still have a lot to get to. Um, but, you know, as uh, pr- Super Producer Kale said, we talked about Hunter Renfro for eight minutes. Um, so we've we, uh, got to get this thing rolling here. Um, tonight, after a long, hard day's work, after this podcast maybe goes all the way into the night, uh, I will be sleeping on my snooze, sleep, mattress. And, guys, I can't say enough good things about this. Not only is it the most comfortable mattress I've ever slept on, but it, it has options. You can go – with the firm side, you can go with the soft side, you can go with the cool side of your cover, or you can go with the warm side of your cover if it ever actually does get cold in Colorado. Um, and this thing is just incredible. Best mattress I've ever slept on. Some of the best night's sleeps I've ever gotten. So check out our friends over at Snooze Sleep at snoozesleep.com and check out that Snooze Flip mattress, the only four-in-one mattress with these features. When you use the code DNVR, you can save $500 off a queen mattress. And $1,000 off a dual split king with an adjustable base. Incredible deal uh, from an incredible mattress. So check out our friends over at snoozesleep.com and use the code DNVR when you get your mattress. Guys, tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to be sleeping on my mattress that is stuffed full of cash from my winnings over at DraftKings Sportsbook because, man, DraftKings has been nice to me recently, and I like the Thursday night game as well. And if you are confident in the Thursday 
Thursday night game. Well, you got to get in on the action. And if you bet $5 on any NBA team to win and they win, you'll get $150 in free bets. And man, that's a great way to start stuffing that mattress with cash. $150 free dollars in bets just by betting $5 on any NBA team to win. And if they do, you get $150 in free bets. And also, if you're on the app right now, you got to take advantage of their holiday bet surprise. I did it. Got a nice free $20 bet. Going to be using that tonight. Ryan got 50. So you got to open up that right now because they, they've got that going on for two more days. Make sure to get on, on that. So make sure to get in and download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get all of these offers over at DraftKings Sportsbook and get in on some Thursday night action like I'm going to. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem Call 1-800-522-4700. Also get in on the action from the from the American Raptors. Of course, your Colorado rugby team is rebranded to the American Raptors, but this rebrand is here to stay. This is a rugby club composed of crossover athletes. These are guys who are playing rugby after having a background in other sports. It's sports such as football, wrestling, baseball, track, track and field. Plenty of football players, by the way. If you go to the roster on AmericanRaptors.com, you can see these guys played major college football. We even got guys that uh, uh, played in the pros as well. So these are top-level athletes, and they're taking their athleticism to the game of rugby. Part of this is to try to upgrade what our U.S. national rugby team is on the men's side, to have better performances with better athletes. So if you want to see these guys developing – Check out AmericanRaptors.com. They're going to have games next year. They were five and five in this in this past season in terms of uh, in terms of their schedule. And you know what? That's a great finish for guys who are just taking up rugby for the first time. So check out the American Raptors. And if you want to go see them play next year, the tickets are free. That's right, free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't make the game, AmericanRaptors.com will stream all those matches from their website. And our guy Colin Strickler has everything covered for you in the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. You'll learn about rugby with, with his Rugby 101 podcast. He's got interviews with the athletes and coaches on the American Raptors, the guys who are hoping to change the game for the U.S. National Rugby Team. So check everything out at AmericanRaptors.com. All right, guys, a, we got a lot of picks. What were you saying, Ryan? I was going to say, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Carlos, our resident Raiders fan in the comments here. We always appreciate views from no matter who they come from. So uh, thanks for <laughs> Big shout out. <laughs> and guys, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot more games to get to. And so let's travel around, not just the AFC, but let's travel around the entire NFL pretty much. Any game that has implications for the Broncos, let's get to right now. And first, let's see those standings, Kale. We really don't have to look at these, though, this week. We can just wait until next week because Mace still sits on top, tied with Ryan, 28 and 21 records. I'm coming for you guys, 27 and 22. But look at that. We're all in the green here. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty crazy just how close everything is this deep into the season. Now we do side with each other a lot although i think i've sided with you guys the least of anyone uh and so it's crazy that the the records are still so similar 
Wow, look how unique you are, Ryan. You're 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 so you're so unique and special two, there. Two paths to the same place. It's not all, it's not all <laughs> exactly. that unique. It's kind of like so. Let's for Bridgewater, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So let's guys, let's let's go around the AFC West first and pick these other two games. Chargers nine point favorites going in to Houston to play the Texans. Now, of course, maybe one of the reasons these are so similar is we're not picking against the spread here. You can find our picks against the spread on Broncos Pick'em, which we'll post tomorrow. But let's first start Chargers Texans. I think we'll align here. You know, I hate picking the Chargers, but I'm also not crazy. Um, so yeah, give me the uh, give me the Chargers. I think they probably win this game by thirty points. Well, I mean, they're going to be playing without Joey Bosa. They know that. Uh, Austin Eckler said yesterday he doesn't expect to play. Of course, these are guys they're dealing with positive COVID tests uh, uh, right now. And uh, Joey Bosa, he's got to take a little bit longer to come back because he's unvaccinated, so he's got to go through that protocol. But it's the Houston Texans. I mean, this is a—it's a dreadful team, and the one thing that could change the outcome is if Justin Herbert has a positive test in the next forty-eight hours. But aside from that, they're going to have enough to win this game. Give me the Chargers. Yep, give me the Chargers as well. Easy one. Steelers going into Kansas City. Speaking of COVID, boy, it seems like so many of the Chiefs' star players are getting COVID right now. Chiefs seven and a half point favorites. We don't have to worry about the line, guys. This is a big one in terms of Broncos' playoff implications as well. Who do you guys have? Mm, I want to pick the Steelers so bad, but I'll just have do to it. save it for the spread. Um, uh, you know what? No, screw it. I'm doing it. Uh, give me the Steelers. Uh, doesn't sound like they're going to have Kelsey. doesn't sound like they're going to have Hill. Um, I think that, that that's enough to throw off their offense enough. <clears throat> to let the Steelers keep up with them. Some fluky plays happen. Mahomes tries to do too much uh, without his, you know, special weapons down the field. He feels like he has to take everything on his on his own shoulders. And because of that, it makes some mistakes that end up costing them the game. Really, yeah, really interesting on the Steelers, by the way. Early on in the season, like their first, their first three games, they won when they were on the road at Buffalo. They lost when they were at home to start the season. But since that but since then, guys, aside from a road win at Cleveland, this team has been one team at home, one team on the road, and on the road, they've lost to Cincinnati by 31, lost the Chargers by four, lost the Vikings, couldn't complete the comeback there by eight. Even though the Chiefs are going to be shorthanded, on the offensive side, I think they'll have enough on the defensive side to eke out a win, so I'm going to take the Chiefs. Fair. Yeah, and honestly, people probably say, uh, Broncos should be pulling for the Steelers. No, Broncos should be pulling for the Chiefs because yeah. the Steelers are in the AFC West or, or in the AFC wildcard race with the Broncos, so the Broncos want the Steelers to lose. And then, unfortunately, Broncos want the Chiefs to win in order to grab that first lead, so they're playing think Gates. I think it's going to happen. I, I'm picking the Chiefs as well. All right, guys, let's go through these other games not in the AFC West. Quick tonight, 49ers at Titans. Who do you got? I almost picked the Titans. I was, you know, making my picks for DNVR bets daily earlier, and I almost put Titans money line in the slip. And as I was doing it, NFL, uh, uh, NFL Network was on. And they said that uh, the Titans are without three of their starting offensive linemen. That's that's enough. That's all I needed to hear. Um, this is a team that, you know, obviously relies on the running game. 
that's going to be hurt. And then Ryan Tannehill is a guy who can be very efficient in the right situation. If he, they're going to put this game on, if they're going to have to put this game on his shoulders with a bad offensive line in front of him, no chance. The the Niners have sneakily become good all of a sudden. Uh, they're just giving the ball to Debo Samuel, however they possibly can, and that's helping them out a lot. Uh, so yeah, I got to go Niners here, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's a close game. Yeah, this is a this is really interesting, and uh, the Titans right now. Uh, they still have a tiebreaker advantage on the Colts, so they're effectively they're effectively two games up in in the division because of that. But uh, this week they could they could blow one game of that here uh, starting tonight, and if the, and if the Colts win on Christmas Day, I like the you know what I like the 49ers. I like the momentum they've got right now. I I think the the Niners eke out a close one here, and uh, look, the the Titans kind of have what should be a free space against the Texans at the end of the season, even though they've already lost the Texans in, in home at home. I don't think they'll play that badly again, but uh, Titans going in the wrong direction, clearly not the same team without Derrick Henry. You shouldn't be surprised at this, but you guys are really bad at going fast on these. Uh, let's just say I've already got a couple of units on the 49ers. I don't even think it's close. I like the 49ers. All right, Browns. And that would be good news for the Broncos, by the way, Browns at Packers. Uh, Christmas surprise here, or is it just going to be a uh, Aaron Rodgers Christmas gift here? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers Christmas gift, uh, blowout city, uh, Packers by a lot. Yeah, this is going to be ugly for for Cleveland. Green Bay yep. wins comfortably. I, I agree. Now, this night one, I think, is actually the real the gift way, of, really of quick, Christmas. I have to extend a little bit. Brown <laughs> and orange versus green yellow maybe the worst color combination of an NFL game ever. Green and yellow is awesome. No, nope, what you're no, talking about. It is. <laughs> green and yellow is absolutely so awesome. Green and gold's so pretty bad. cool, though. Green. Uh, it's slightly better. But still green and better. yellow, green and gold, wow. they all work. They all work so. well. <laughs> and then I think I think the Sunday night game, guys, is actually a fantastic game. Colts going into Arizona to play the Cardinals. Which C team do you guys have? Cardinals are an F team right now, as in frauds. Um, your Cardinals? You just Whoa, said that about him? You said that about Cliff and yep, Tyler, yep, your yep. guys? They've gone fraudulent on me. Just they, Honestly, uh, they're a lot like my Madden team. Started out hot, fell apart, uh, and they just don't have the juice right now. I don't know what happened. I honestly think that Kyler injury in the middle of the season, even though they won the games without him, it just kind of threw off their rhythm, uh, threw them out of, out of sync. Vance Joseph is having some Vance Joseph moments recently. Um, I worry about that team mightily. The Colts are the kind of team that they aren't necessarily built for. I've got the Colts in this one. Uh, they kind of just wow. go, they just go throw punches. Like you're the, the, the cards are a wounded animal right now. And if they just get punched in the mouth, I think it's gonna be hard for them to pick themselves up. Isn't it interesting that the Colts, they play their home games with a retractable roof venue but they they're built like a team that should be playing outside in the yep. mud in the totally. cold mm-hmm. defense and running game and just enough passing. It's going to be a nice night in Arizona, but give me the Colts in this one, fellas. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Colts oh, wow. as well. I thought you both were going to take the cards and I thought I was going to get a game here, but nope. <laughs> All right. On Sunday bills at Patriots. This is uh, going to be a good one. Probably more than three passing attempts for Mac Jones, I guess. 
I can't believe I'm taking this bait again, but I just love Josh Allen so much. I'll take the Bills. Um, I I'm really not that confident in it. It's I'm just picking with what I want to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the one where you pick it up, Zach, because I don't. I you Let's can't sep- oh you gosh. can't separate the conditions and the game plan from what happened in Orchard Park a couple of weeks back. I think the Bills get their revenge in this one. The Bills oh, no. are a better team. I thought I was going to be the Lone Ranger there. Sorry, yeah, but Guys, I mean, look, I... Buffalo should have beaten the Bucks. They should have. Yeah. If they play like that against the, against the Patriots in Foxborough, they'll get the dub. I think it was Tom Pelissero today that that did his like annual awards article where he talks to like all the GMs or a lot of the GMs around the league and puts together an awards. And uh, these GMs and executives in the NFL gave Bill Belichick Coach of the Year. Not a surprise. They gave Bill Belichick executive of the year as well. Bill Belichick's going to earn that this Sunday against the Bills and clinch the not just playoff spot. He's going to clinch the division for New England with a rookie quarterback. Zach for Mac. Let's go Pats. Let's go Mac, I should say. And then, guys, two more really quick here. We got the Ravens going into Bengals, into Cincinnati. This one is also for the lead. Oh, man. Um, Well, I'm going to use the uh, bounce back effect here. The opposite of all that praise we heaped on Vic Fangio is he's kind of like good luck Chuck, right? Doesn't work out when you play him, but the next game, somehow your offense just explodes out of a a cannon. So uh, give me the Bengals. They score whatever it is, 38 points uh, and, and beat the Ravens. It's absolutely wild how many close games the Ravens have played this year. And the the last three games, guys, they have lost all three by a combined four points. But you look over the course of the year, they beat the Vikings by three. They beat the Bears by three. They beat the Colts in overtime. They beat the Lions by two on the Justin Tucker record field goal. The Chiefs by one. The, 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 The Ravens are just the cardiac team of the NFL this year and I'm gonna flip the coin and say this one they get on a Justin Tucker walk-off field goal Baltimore wins on the road in Cincinnati is Lamar Jackson playing it's I I think I think so. he is Okay, because I'm going to go off with the notion that he is playing, and that is a Ravens win. If not, I'm taking the Bengals, but I'm placing my bet right now, so I've got to go Ravens, although I do like your justification there, RK. And then final one, guys, Monday Night Football. Dolphins going into New Orleans. New Orleans was a three-point favorite. Now they're playing with fourth-string quarterback rookie Ian Book. Now the Dolphins are a slight favorite. Of course, Brown want the Saints to win this game since the Dolphins are the hottest team in the NFL and also in the playoff race with them. Who do you guys have? The Saints have no chance. None. <laughs> um, they're they're going to get destroyed. Uh, give me the Dolphins. I, I, don't say, I don't think they have no chance because their defense can keep them in it. And we saw like Miami a Miami, little bit skittish there last week against the Jets. And almost any quarterback can have a, a capable game just on a one-off. But I think Miami gets gets the win here. I, I don't trust Ian Book in this situation. But I but even though he had some mistakes last week, I trust Tua. 
I loved the Dolphins as underdogs in this game. So you know how I feel about them going up <laughs> against Ian Book. They're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna destroy them. But guys, we 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 had some different picks here. I love it. Next week. I'm going to be on top of this standings, and I just can't wait. Thank you guys for giving me that opportunity. How, how many different picks did you have? I have... Uh, I don't well, think it's we, You'd have to have at least two that you were against both of us. So, yeah. Bills and Pats, that's one. Yeah. I, I was the only one to not take that. And then also Broncos Raiders. There we go. There's, and, there's uh, the two. So, I, I guess I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm not at the yeah, top there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, let's. We have a little bit of time here to hit a few comments here, so let's jump into the comments from our great listeners who we love so much. The first one's from C. Fillmore, seventy-two, gentlemen. Greeting from the UK. What is uh, what chance George and Vic can have the kind of conversation where George says, "Vic, we're going to bring in a new head coach, but we'd love for you to stay with the Broncos as a defensive coordinator." Does Vic's professional pride allow him to take a very public demotion, which would, in all likelihood, Work out for the best for him and the team if he ends up leaving the Broncos. A DC job is most likely the next outcome anyway, so why not continue his excellent work here? Wishing you and your families all of and all of the wider DNVR family a happy and healthy Christmas, Christopher. I need. I this has to be the end of this. There's a zero percent chance of that happening. It is as likely as uh, Tupac being the defensive coordinator for the Broncos next season. There is, it will never happen. It can never happen. We have to put it entirely to bed and never talk about it again. See, Fillmore, I totally understand where you're coming from with this thinking, but flip it on yourself. Let's say you were in charge of a group of people, maybe your your entire company, and you were fired, and they said you have to you, you but we want to we want to keep you. We're gonna give you less money, and you're gonna be around all of the same people that know you were fired. Or just as you mentioned, C. Fillmore, he's gonna get the he's gonna get the same job somewhere else with a fresh start with people that aren't gonna think, ah, oh, this guy just got fired, but he's staying. What a loser! No, he's gonna get that same job somewhere else. So he's gonna go somewhere else, get a fresh start. Uh, I, I totally see where you're coming from, like a dream world sort of thing. Of course, it'd be great to keep Vic Fangio around as defensive coordinator. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, T- Tupac is gonna be the defensive coordinator before that happens. Yeah, the only way that happens is. If a decade or two passes, like kind of like a Wade yeah, Phillips yeah. got yeah, fired totally. by Pat Bolin, and then a couple of decades later, he comes back for his triumphant return as defensive coordinator. You gotta, that, that's gonna have to marinate for a little while before it. Before Only thing is, I don't think a respect. couple yeah. decades are passing, and Vic's still gonna be. You know what though? Trying to do Vic this. Vic LeBeau was still coordinating defenses at like eighty years old. So that's true. I mean, Vic, wouldn't happened. Vic be eighty three if it was two decades from now? Yeah. 82 yeah, that's a that's hey, a lot se- hey hey 70 is the new 60 80 is the new 70 <laughs> i just well, first of all i played uh, uh golf with my 80 year old uncle last week and he legitimately hits bombs so i'm not putting <laughs> like I, I my I, my mind was blown he was hitting bombs um so i'm not holding uh, i'm not saying any 80 year old can do can't do anything um but like for real, we have to stop this. I, it's in my mentions <laughs> all day, every single day. Like I can't believe that people think this is a possibility. It's not. It's is there any precedent for this ever, Mace? Oh God, I, not in the NFL. I can't. Rec- I can't recall it other than like an interim coach, then kind of going back to you know, uh, then right, right, going back to being an assistant. I know like that happened with Dante Scarnecchia in New England. Um, 
I mean, I'm thinking of other sports. I, I can't. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's to be it's honest, so unprecedented. Yeah. And Zach, I don't even know if it's as much about like the the pride part of it as it's just it's so it would be so awkward for everyone. Um, like it, it makes on paper it makes a ton of sense. Um, like for Vic Fangio even. Same job, you get to live in the same house, you don't have to move, you get all of that work that you did, it doesn't get undone, you don't have to start all over, you already know all the personnel, you got me sold on all that. It's just never, ever, ever has happened that way, so there's no reason to think you'd be any different. And to be honest, of all people, Vic Fangio is not going to be the one to set this precedent. Like He's a very prideful, stubborn man. Um, he's not going to... He's not going to think he should be fired. He's going to be very upset if they fire him. He's going to think it's BS. He's not going to be like, yeah, but sure, of course. I'll you know, I'll work under the next guy that you came in to, to, to replace me. No chance. I I will, you know, uh, run a marathon um, barefoot if that happens. <laughs> wow. Maybe we'll get Ryan running a barefoot marathon soon. That would be very bloody. I mean, kind of the closest thing that's ever happened, guys, is, um, you know, with uh, Mike Munchak losing out on the job. Yeah, right. That was... And working for Vic Fangio. It's a good point. Right. And I was thinking, like, maybe there's a case of, like, a, a college coach who was, like, legendary, like, played for the school, then became the head coach or something. Great. You know, it was, you know, a great defensive mind or whatever, but it didn't work out for him as a head coach. He still wanted to stay around the university. Like, that's the only way I could think of this. But Vic Fangio has no connections to Denver or the Broncos or anything like that that would make him be able to, you know, put all that stuff aside. And usually in the college environment that those, those people end up going to like some fundraising position or something like that. Yeah. Right. This reminds exactly. me of like the, the Peyton Manning for offensive coordinator thing that was floating around a couple of years ago. <laughs> right. All right, guys, let, let's yeah. change the tune of this and go to Jazzy Bronco. Thanks for the content. Guys, you all are the best. Thank you, Jazzy. So hyped for Sunday as I will be in the stands for my first live game. Win one for me. Questions for today. What do each of you remember about your first NFL game? I was raised in a rural area about two and a half miles or two and a half hours away from Salt Lake City. And my dad would take us to two to three games a year growing up and while i have a lot of great memories with the jazz growing up i don't remember my first i do have vivid memories of my first mlb game as i featured the only grand slam i have seen live by larry walker thanks for all the great content and hopefully game two will start featuring or will will feature starting with the tailgate before russell wilson leads us into denver wins next year yeah uh, i've told this story a couple times on the show but uh, very vague memory from my from my first ever NFL game. Uh, it was at Old Mile High, and people can attest to this. The upper level of Old Mile High was like more steep than Mount Everest, um, and I was I was so little that my mom had me on her lap, and every time that she like got excited or like cheered and kind of like jolted a little bit, I thought I was gonna fall off of her lap and just go tumbling down you know the incredibly steep stairs that's the that's the one thing i remember um i i vaguely remember it being against jacksonville but i can't be con I, I can't be sure of it mine was actually one that we talked about yesterday and it was uh mace what was the the christmas eve game where Bengals. it was snowing and the and, and the ball went through the uh the the snapper sandy up that that was it Bengals. and it was so Bengals cool it 
It was everything I could have wanted because it was not only a Broncos win, last minute thing, Christmas Eve, but also I just, I associate snow games with the best NFL games. That is football weather to me. And so it just had all of that. Plus a white Christmas. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I like my football weather a little bit warmer. Maybe with you, that's your first memory of being in person. And that's, it's frozen in time. Uh, for me, the first NFL game I ever went to, was, I think like 63 degrees and sunny on a, on a on a crisp October day in Washington, 1986, St. Louis Cardinals playing in Washington at old RFK stadium. And, uh, I just remember you, you watch something on television all the time and then you walk in and you see it with your own eyes for the first time. It seems just bigger than life. I was 10 years old and just, I, I was just awestruck experiencing it all. And, uh, Washington was real. They were really good back then. Joe Gibbs was coaching. It took a 21, nothing lead. Cardinals came back, ended up having a chance to win on the last play. Washington got the stop. So it was, it was, there were some big plays went down to the last second. A lot of fun. I mean, I couldn't couldn't have asked for more from my from the first game. I ever I, to. I have a, like a, a a special love for the cold weather games, um, because of like the camaraderie that I think it it builds within the stands. Like you're looking around and it's like one degree out, and you're like, we all are are choosing to stand out here in weather that we would never ever ever decide to stand out for any other reason because we're all here to support and cheer on this team that we all love. It's like this extra layer of the camaraderie that already exists within within the stands that uh, I just love it. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It, it is a great – makes you a little warm too. Next one Shared from Omaha. <laughs> Jared suffering. Omaha says, although I really couldn't care less about the Pro Bowl, it's truly laughable to say Denzel Ward or Xavier Howard had a better year than Patrick Sertan. Here's to hoping the snub motivates the young man over the next three weeks and he earns an all-pro nod. Also was wondering, at what point you guys will start to worry about Jerry Judy being labeled as a bust? Does he need to play with a real quarterback before this is true? I think absolutely. And, and that's the craziest part of all of this. Like, Yes, there are certain things that you look at with Vic Fangio and you say, well, why would, how would a quarterback fix his time management issues or his inability uh, to get a challenge correct? And, and they really don't. But I think it's impossible to judge almost anything uh, in the NFL when, when they don't have a quarterback. Um, so Jerry Judy obviously being in the number one thing most dependent on the quarterback position, I think we really need to see that. Um, and with a different offensive coordinator than, than Pat Shermer, who clearly – doesn't know how to use him. Um, that's what I'm waiting for. Hopefully we get both next year, a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback for Jerry. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing I sometimes think of, of Demarius Thomas, we've been thinking a lot about the late Demarius Thomas recently for obvious reasons, but um, Demarius started to emerge when Tim Tebow was the quarterback. And so I think sometimes you see those glimpses, even if you've got a less than stellar quarterback. So I wonder if maybe – the ceiling on Jerry Judy is changing from being like a top three and top four elite wide receiver to somebody who's just pretty good, very, very solid, uh, but maybe isn't uh, an all world type of guy. Like I think maybe we thought he was when the Broncos drafted him. If uh, Jerry Judy has another statistical year, 
like next year. Uh, I don't really care who the quarterback is. The the bust is definitely going to be thrown out, whether it's fair or not. But it would mean just more injuries uh, and a lack of production. Obviously, we know that if Jerry was healthy this whole year, he'd be on pace for, what, an 800-yard season? I mean, that that is certainly not bust status. It's certainly also not stratospheric status in terms of like a, a, an all-timer uh, at the wide receiver position. But he wouldn't be a bust then. But if we're talking about back-to-back seasons of 500 yards— yeah, I, I don't care who the quarterback is. That that, that bust word is going to be thrown out. Now, is it fair? No, if he doesn't have a quarterback and it's for injuries, but it will be used. And what yeah. sucks is in that first game of the season when he got injured, he was having a great game. You know, it was, was. Like seven mm-hmm. catches for 80 yards or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, he was on pace for like 10 catches or 11 mm-hmm. catches over 100 yards. And, and I it think, all yeah. got derailed. And it was a high ankle sprain. So he came back, but as we've seen, in the past, Julius Thomas, for example, sometimes it can be quite a while, even if you're able to return to play before you are right again from the high ankle sprain. It's so weird. It's like there's one thing that I could advise NFL players or just football players in general is that like playing at below 100% does you such a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I realize all these guys want to be out there and they want to get in like there's all this pressure to get it out there as fast as you possibly can. And I, and I totally understand it. You got to go be with your brothers, with your teammates, but playing at, at below hundred percent, just, it just destroys you in in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does because people don't care about that. People, people don't want to hear about the injury. Yeah. yeah and Daniel Sapp says, then you got to give Sutton a little pass coming back from the ACL. I I've tried. Um, you know, I, I think that there is something to do with that. Um, but there's also little things like a slant going right through your hands that have nothing to do with your ACL. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's a little bit of both. I think he's pressing, um, mm-hmm. which is probably compounding the issue that he's not necessarily, uh, healthy. And then he's, you know, trying to, you know, uh, change everyone's mind because he can hear the, the, the murmurs about him having, um, you know, a down season and, and it just, mm-hmm. those things start to compound on each other. I mean, you can literally look at the the, the drop slant and then the dropped uh, deep ball from Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday. I mean, I know we've obviously focused on Drew Lopp because he's going to start this game, but there were a lot of other plays that factored into that loss, including a touchdown pass that literally bounces off of Sutton's chest and goes astray. One of the best throws Teddy's had since the Jags game. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And I, I laugh when you say uh, Sutton's pressing because our, our good friend uh, Pat Shermer was asked about is Cortland Sutton pressing and he just gave the most uh, Shermer answer. Kind of. He was kind of like, I, I don't even know what pressing it. What do you mean by pressing? Like it, <laughs> who, who know, who can explain if a guy's pressing and then just went oh, on to talk wow. about something. So something completely else. And what's just so funny about that is like, Dude, everyone knows what that means. Like, it, right. it, you you can just say no. I don't think he is, and move on. But to like question the word that's used was a, a bit ridiculous. Especially from a guy who used to be a head coach. You know, like sometimes right. those guys who are very unseasoned on the stand have like those types of weird reactions to questions. Um, but this is a guy who's I'm sure he's heard that question dozens of times. <laughs> yes. Do you think Eli Manning's pressing? Yeah. I'm sure he's heard that. And like, what do you mean? It's very obvious. It means trying to be more, <laughs> trying to go outside of themselves to do more. Like, it's a very easy uh, explanation. <laughs> he did say he did wish everyone a Merry Christmas, which I thought was very touching. 
thanks, Pat. He said, he said, he said, I hope everyone gets a couple of minutes to spend and enjoy with their family this weekend. I'm like, oh my gosh, NFL coaches are just, they, they take this stuff way too seriously. Enjoy Christmas or Christmas Eve. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, probably got time for one or two more here. Uh, and this one's from Patty. DNVR team, I wanted to say that I had a great time at the tailgate. I'm from Kansas, and the experience was phenomenal. Hell yeah, I'd love to hear that. Sunday, I was determined to purchase a new jersey, uh, but since the departure of Vaughn Miller, I was second-guessing on which player to choose from, being that obviously if we were in a bid for a new QB, what player on the current roster would no longer be on the roster? Has the Broncos uh, been one of the most unmarketable teams this season? Only two primetime games, zero players elected to the Pro Bowl. I do believe Justin Simmons is the current face of the Broncos, being selected for Walter Payton Man of the Year, captain of our team, and the most consistent player alongside PS2, Melvin Gordon, and Javante Williams. The question is, who would you be willing to give up if, or if any draft picks would trade for the next QB for the 2022 season to be in that top tier of elite franchises once again? Ask Zach. <coughs> Ask Zach. <laughs> Anyone. I mean, you, you, you just you just mentioned four guys. I'll trade them all in order to get a top-tier quarterback. Yeah, um, I was listening to the radio yesterday, and there was a, someone on that show had a similar take. And the co-host was like, what, you just think all that matters is the quarterback? And the other guy was like, yeah. I was, I was just like, I completely agree. I couldn't agree more. Now, obviously, obviously, once you have a quarterback, you have to build – the right team around them, right? Like you see yeah. what happens with Russell Wilson in Seattle as the pillars around him start to crumble. He can't be the same guy, but the, the, the reverse of that is you could have all of those things, every pillar, except for that main one in the middle of the quarterback and you've got nothing. So I, I, I mean, I know like I totally understand fan attachment to players and saying like, I can't believe you want to give up one of our guys for someone who isn't even one of our guys. Uh, and, and I understand why people are pressed back on that, but I'm with you, Zach. Um, there is a point where you say, okay, that's too much, but it is, it is way, way down the road. Uh, you, you pretty much make anyone available if you're going to get an elite quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, and and the two, the two names. Our guy. Of course. Yes, yeah. yes ab- absolutely. And, of course, the two names that everyone gets so freaked out when I say, yes, trade Pat Sertan and Javante Williams, but rip the Band-Aid off now instead of in four years when you're even more attached to them. When that Band-Aid sits on for longer and you pull it off, I mean, you may even get some skin that comes off. Right now, if you're ripping it off, you're just getting a little bit of hair. It's going to hurt a little bit, and then that skin is going to look so good underneath with that new quarterback. Yeah, you'll never you'll you'll just never get people on board with that because those are the two players that they love right now mm-hmm. um but i don't when he, he, here's it when it's hypothetical people i agree will push back but let's say a trade happens right now and the broncos land russell wilson no one's gonna be complaining like missing them they're gonna be like oh my gosh we got russ this is fantastic yeah that's what i was trying to say all last offseason and i'm sure we'll have plenty uh plenty more to talk about this offseason as it relates to who should be traded, who shouldn't be traded, uh, who needs to be traded, and what, what what's it going to take to get it done. To be fair, the Broncos now actually have assets. Like last offseason, we were struggling to come up with who the people would even be that another team would want. Now they're very clear, and yeah, that hurts a little bit more. Um, but it might actually give you the opportunity to make that deal. Um, yeah, and then Keeks here, oh, since he came in with the Super Chat, I'll give him the buzzer beater. Uh, trading everything for a quarterback is how you end up like the Texans with Watson, in my opinion. You know, don't forget that it was just a couple of years ago that the Texans had a lead on the Chiefs. Uh, 
uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then what happened? Well, we know everything that happened this last offseason, but we also know that Bill O'Brien was terrible. For them yeah. now, he can he he can go be successful as Alabama's offensive coordinator, just like anyone Everyone. can be. But if if you have that bad of a head coach, yes, it can bring your entire organization down. So just make sure you don't have a dis, truly dysfunctional head coach, and you'll be okay. Yeah, and I think the other thing is like Houston was trade was making trades willy nilly because they only they gave up a first round pick a future one to move up 13 slots and get Watson. But then remember, they also traded a, a second round pick to get Brock Osweiler off yeah. of their books. I mean, they were, but that being said, they also they, traded away they, Deandre Hopkins, right? They, tra- they traded, they made some incredibly dumb deals that I, I, they didn't give up too much to get to Sean Watson. That, that's not what caused their talent deficit. It was the deal, the, the Hopkins deal, like you mentioned, and just over and over, uh, they had a lot of poor drafts and it was a, and it became a very hollow roster over time. And they still don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And that goes to that same point. It's like, your job isn't done once you get the quarterback, but you can't even, it can't even really start until you have them. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this is great. A lot of good conversations and that's why we went extra long today. Uh, appreciate everyone who hung out. The numbers just kept growing throughout the show. So appreciate all you guys for hanging out. Uh, this will be our last show before the game on Sunday. So uh, appreciate everyone who hung out this week. I hope everyone has an incredible holiday, spending time with their family. Hope everyone gets some good presents. Uh, and we'll see you on Sunday, guys. Uh, you two especially uh, have a great holiday and talk to you guys soon. Of course, before we get out of here, a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group, uh, where you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush as a great present if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver there in Lakewood. Uh, Go check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Again, everyone have a happy holiday and we will see you on Sunday. Flying cotton